So, <laughs> before the program continues, we just have a couple of announcements. Uh, all, always, during the Melbourne lockdown, uh, we offer free upward shift meditation daily throughout the lockdown. And so these are live streamed on our Instagram account every morning at 8.30 a.m. Melbourne time. And they're led by ashram, ashramites and ashram teachers. And so we explore mantra, meditation, and self-inquiry. And so it's an excellent way to keep good company however you are, wherever you are. On October 1st through the 3rd, we'll be having our Ganeshpuri weekend retreat and intensive. And since we can't be in Ganeshpuri, we'll bring Ganeshpuri to Mount Eliza. And so we are bringing in uh, Shakti by the plane load. And so it'll be here, and we'll be here. And so the weekend retreat will conclude with an intensive. And details and bookings are coming soon. Keep your eyes posted on the website for more details. Also, of our full weekly schedule of online programs is always available to you anywhere in the world at any time, either live or on demand. To sign up for that or to keep up with ashram programs, just check out Satsang Live. That's satsanglive.com.au. Thank you. Well, welcome, everyone. It's uh, very good to be back. Um, and uh, as Nataraj was saying, this is a, a, a most extraordinary and strange time. And uh, so it being a very auspicious occasion of, of the Divya Diksha Deen, the celebration of Baba's Shaktipat, uh, it seems appropriate that we should do the Guru Stotram for the sake of humanity. May the Guru's blessing fall on everyone. May this uh, very difficult and terrible time uh, be resolved. Uh, so we're going to chant the Guru Stotram, which is a selection of verses from the Guru Gita. And uh, we'll do that for the sake of everyone who's suffering right now. So let's, let's do that. Shri Guru Venama Hari 
Satsang terribly, and I want to uh, acknowledge and thank everyone for their kind words and notes of encouragement and so on. And uh, 
I'm not 100% back, but I'm uh, much better, and there's no reason to be worried. Um, <clears throat> before I got to India, uh, the first great being I met, I met in Chicago, and he was uh, a blues man named Howlin' Wolf. And I, he inspired that same awe in me when I met him. And he said one line to me, which because of the condition of my voice, I can uh, welcome. I usually welcome by Baba's welcome. I'll do that too. Baba used to say, Subko Mani Kesat Swagat, with great respect and love. I welcome you with all with all my heart. And he would always say that at every program, welcoming everyone with love because that's the essence of spirituality. But Howlin' Wolf said to me, he said, I'm very happy to meet you folks. So I want to say that tonight, too. I'm very happy to meet you folks. I won't have that voice with me, I hope, very long. But tonight, Howlin' Wolf is with me. <clears throat> so as, uh, as uh, Nataraj has been saying that uh, it's the auspicious occasion of the Divya Diksha Din, Divya Divine Diksha Initiation, the Day of Divine Initiation, when Baba's mind, uh, life, mind, consciousness turned upside down and he received Shaktipat, much to his extraordinary surprise, as we're going to hear in a minute. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that was the seed moment of, of everything that we do here and the great yoga that, that he developed. Uh, and it also turns out that the 15th uh, of August, 1947, which was the day, was also the day of India's independence. Uh, so it's very good. It's a very powerful day tomorrow. <clears throat> so in honor of that, uh, this is our celebration tonight. <clears throat> now, I thought to be, uh, oh, I found a wonderful quote. The yogi said, the guru is the ultimate healer, and the shakti, his presence, is the most powerful healing force. This is all about tonight, it's all about the guru, but particularly about the Shakti and about the awakening. He goes on, the guru is connected to divine consciousness, the transcendent power of love. He channels that force without limit or obstruction. To be in satsang with the guru is to enter that force field, which is nothing but the presence of God. The power that radiates in satsang spontaneously connects devotees to the experience of God and their own true self. It uplifts them, restores them, and charges them with joy. <clears throat> there are different kinds of initiations you can get in India and elsewhere. Uh, they give you mantras, they give you rituals, and so on. But if it doesn't deliver the goods, if it doesn't have the shakti, the divine energy behind it, then it's no initiation at all. Uh, there's a Sanskrit saying, Shaktipadeva Diksha. The true initiation is Shaktipad. The same is true of satsang. 
you can get together and you can sing and chant and, and say various things. But in real satsang, the power of the shakti is swirling in that satsang. It's purifying and it's uplifting. And that comes by the guru's grace. This yogi goes on, he says, <clears throat> the guru does not have to perform any special intentional action to heal, though he may in fact exercise various healing capacities, both extraordinary and ordinary. His radiant presence itself spontaneously purifies, harmonizes, and rejuvenates. When I had a hard day's night, uh, when I was with, traveling with Baba and we'd come to satsang that night, I'd get all sorted out automatically, just being in his presence, hearing his words, feeling the energy, and suddenly I knew which way was up and which way was down, which way was left and which way was right. He goes on, the presence of the guru does not simply heal devotees of illness and of negative tendency. It changes our entire orientation to the world and to ourselves. Releasing us from the webs of karma, the guru draws us into divine bliss beyond any and all circumstances of our lives. The flow of grace is a connection with something beyond the mundane, our ordinary life. And in sadhana, sadhana is, becomes, in this path, sadhana is the, the war between grace and the ten, mundane tendencies of our karma. And it seems like a, a war, it seems like the karma must win, actually, for a long time. But the uh, grace is more powerful than karma. The guru's grace is more powerful. And eventually, the whole of the being is brought into the field of grace. He goes on, the guru is the greatest and most sacred mystery, and for this reason all the sages and scriptures proclaim that to find the true guru and follow his teaching is the most auspicious possibility of this or any other life. And I've found that to be true, that to, to, to find the guru and to uh, follow his path, best thing I could do with my life. There was never a moment when I didn't know that, after I'd met him. <clears throat> so we celebrate that tonight. I thought it'd be, and, and in celebration, I'm wearing my Mondrian socks. You get this on camera? My very special Mondrian socks. <clears throat> you probably didn't know that the artist Mondrian was a theosophist. And in his uh, paintings, he was trying to uh, illustrate the absolute. If he'd gotten the guru's grace, then he could have illustrated it very directly. But maybe he did. <clears throat> anyway, I thought that I'd read selections from, from uh, Baba's account of his Shaktipat that night, August 15, 1947. The night before, Baba went for darshan. Um, usually, Bhagwan Nityananda would send him away after he saw him, and he'd walk across the fields to the Vajrashwari temple. Baba lived in a hut, which is still there in the Vajrashwari temple, and he would cut across diagonally across the fields uh, to Ganeshpuri and 
have darshan and Bhagwan would send him, Bhagwan would send him back. On the night of the 14th, Bhagwan didn't dismiss him. So since he didn't get the command to leave, he just stayed. Uh, and he meditated all through the night on his guru. And then dawn broke, and he describes that day as the greatest day of his life. Bhagwan Nityananda came out, Baba writes. He looked a little different. Oh, we have some pictures. Now that I'm thinking of a picture, some pictures of Baba with Bhagwan. <clears throat> this is in Kailas Nivas, uh, Bhagwan's ashram. You can still see that place there. Next. Again, that's Kailas Nivas. It's, uh, it looks familiar. If you've been there, you know the area that is. Baba's always in the posture of the perfect disciple, and Bhagwan is ignoring him. <laughs> and there, uh, <clears throat> there we are. Okay. <clears throat> Baba writes, he looked a little different than usual. In fact, I'd never seen him looking like this before. <clears throat> he had on a beautiful pair of wooden sandals, and as they walked to and fro, to and fro, he was smiling. At one point, he went into a corner and began to chant some secret mantras. Then he came in front of me and smiled again. He began to sing. He was wearing a white shawl, and underneath it only the loincloth and the sandals on his feet. He kept coming and standing in front of me, making his familiar noise of endearment. He'd go, hmm, hmm, hmm. An hour passed like this, <laughs> walking around. Then he came near me, and his body touched mine. My body was stunned by this new wonder. I stood facing west. Gurdev, his body close to mine, stood opposite. I opened my eyes and saw Gurudev staring directly at me. Sakti loves this moment. His eyes merging with mine in the Shambhavi mudra. No, Shakti. This is Shakti Pat. No. No. Devi Ma and Shakti are having a battle of wills now. Who's <laughs> <laughs> going to win? <laughs> no. <clears throat> anyway. His eyes merged with mine in the Shambhavi Mudra. My body became numb. I couldn't shut my eyes. I no longer had the power to open or close them. The divine splendor of his eyes completely stilled my own eyes. And Baba received Shaktipat through eye-to-eye -eye contact, as we're going to hear. We stayed like this for a while, then I heard the divine sound of Gurudev's huh. He stepped back a couple of paces, and I partially regained my consciousness. He said, 
take these sandals, put them on. Then he said, you'll wear my sandals? I was amazed, but replied reverently and firmly, as you saw Baba like that. Gurudev, these sandals are not to be worn by my feet. Babaji, they are for me to worship all my life. I'll spread my shawl, and then please be so gracious as to put your feet on it and leave your sandals there. So he wrapped them up. And then came the actual moment of Baba's Shaktipat. <clears throat> Baba writes, he looked into my eyes once more. I watched him very attentively. A ray of light was coming from his pupils and going right inside me. Its touch was searing, red hot, and its brilliance dazzled my eyes like a high power bulb. As this ray flowed from Bhagwan Nityananda's <coughs> eyes into my own, the very hair on my body rose in wonder, awe, ecstasy, and fear. I went on repeating his mantra, Guru Om, because he'd been repeating Guru Om, Guru Om, because he'd been practicing Guru Bhav and using this mantra. <clears throat> Watching the colors of this ray, it was an unbroken stream of divine radiance. Sometimes it was the color of molten gold, sometimes saffron, sometimes a deep blue, more lustrous than a shining star. I stood there stunned watching the brilliant rays passing into me. My body was completely motionless. Then Gurudev moved a little and again made his, huh. I became conscious again. I bowed my head upon the sandals, wrapped them in the shawl, and prostrated myself on the ground. Then I got up, full of joy. And then comes the mantra initiation. Just as Shaktipat happened, so the first mantra initiation, which is also a seed moment. <clears throat> Baba writes, I began to repeat Guru Om, Guru Om. I was standing very close to my Baba. He sat down, and his, in his aphoristic way, he started to speak. All mantras are one. All are Om. Om Namah Shivaya, Om should be Shiva Hum. Shiva, Shiva should be Shiva Hum. It should be repeated inside. Inside is much better than outside. <clears throat> and that was Bhagwan's initiation into mantras. So many important points in that. <clears throat> that Om Namah Shivaya should be chanted with the understanding, Shiva Hum, I am Shiva. I am one with the self, I am one with the absolute. And it also should be repeated silently inside. And he adds an om to the end of Om Namah Shivaya. <clears throat> then Bhagwan Nityananda dismissed him and Baba wandered up the road in an intoxicated state. Uh, near the Gandhi Square at the boundary of the ashram, Baba had a cosmic Experience. If you know the road from the village to the present ashram, there's an S turn in it. And somewhere in there, I think uh, the Gandhi family owns a building there, but that must be the Gandhi Square. But in this area, he had a cosmic experience, which he describes. I felt waves of emotion 
And on these waves, I felt my identification with Nityananda grow and grow. Sri Gurudev's sandals were on my head. He was carrying them like that. As I walked, I crossed Gandhi Square, where a small culvert marks the boundary of present Sri Gurudev Ashram. <clears throat> An Odambara tree, which I looked up as a fig tree, stands nearby. And, I reached, and as I reached it, my divine Guru Bhav, identification with the Guru, became Brahma Bhav, identification with the Absolute. In other words, he was having an experience of cosmic consciousness, cosmic awareness. For a moment, I had an intuition of the one in the many and lost the ordinary mind that differentiates between the inner and the outer that sees the many in the one. I went on repeating, Guru Om, Guru Om, with the thought, the Guru is inside, the Guru is outside. And as I did this, the Vedantic doctrine of Brahman, the absolute which I had studied with various teachers, flashed again within me. He'd studied the notions of consciousness, the Vedantic school, of consciousness, he'd studied it, various ashrams, uh, but he never understood it experientially. And in this moment, he experienced what it means to know Brahman. <clears throat> and Baba saw shimmering blue consciousness everywhere. Uh, and he stayed at the Vajrashwari temple. Uh, and then after a few days, Bhagwan Nityananda told him, go back to his place in Yola. He's got a hut in Suki outside of Yola, a town in Maharashtra, a couple of hundred kilometers from Ganeshpuri. Baba writes, one morning as I stood before Gurudev, having his darshan, he gave me some fruit saying, huh, and then go. I still was standing, then he spoke again, go to your hut there at Yola. Yola, stay there, stay, knowledge there, meditate. I left, aphoristic <laughs> style, Bhagavan. I left feeling rather sad and worried, but I was completely ready to obey my guru's command. For more than ever before, I understood the importance of the guru's wish. Obedience to the guru is itself tapasya, itself japa itself sadhana. It is one's highest duty, and there's nothing more beneficial to a disciple than obedience to the guru. I believe this with all my heart. Service to the guru is supreme worship, universal worship. So with the understanding that obedience to the guru is the disciple's foremost duty, I set out for Yola the next day. And then he goes on and tells the story of uh, his sadhana, his meditation, profound meditation, extraordinary experiences culminating in self-realization. So that's the story of uh, the day of divine initiation. I think I'm going to let Devi Ma, I have some more bits on the guru and on the shakti, but I think my voice is running out. I think I'd let David, maybe I'll comment a little bit. 
But I just want to say in conclusion that I'm very happy to meet you folks. I'm very, very happy. So David, my would you this next bit is from something that some of Baba's talk in Melbourne in his visit here in 1978. So Baba says. A sutra says. Liberation, the experience of the inner self, the realization of God is transmitted by the word of the guru. Nothing else is so effective. The true guru gives you the experience of the inner self. He gives true knowledge. He frees you. Every day we do the Guru Gita, which is the greatest aid to meditation. This text is beginningless. In ancient times, Shiva explained the guru principle to Parvati. This dialogue took place even before Kali Yuga began. The Guru Gita talks about meditation. It talks about God, who is all-pervasive, and the guru principle. In the Guru Gita, we sing mantras to the guru for the sake, for the sake of the guru. But at the same time, we are chanting in order to remember our own inner self. A disciple calls out to the guru with great affection because he knows that the guru wants only good things for him. When we talk about the guru, we don't only mean his physical body. We have the awareness of his shakti, the energy of God. The more faith, the more confidence, the more trust you have in shakti, in the mantra, the more the spontaneous yoga begins to take place in you. It is very necessary to awaken the inner dormant energy. For this reason, you do need a guru, just by his touch, just by his look. Or if you have faith in him, your inner energy can be awakened. Some people say the shakti comes from the guru, Others say the Shakti exists inside of everyone. Whether it is coming from me or whether it exists in you, it is the same Shakti. Shakti is not dual. We may be in two bodies. However, the content is the same. And the content is nothing but Shakti. It's interesting that, that Baba says. So some people say the Shakti is in the person, the Guru awakens. Others say that the guru transmits shakti, and Baba refuses to get involved in that argument. He says, whichever is true, the same shakti is in both, so they're both true. Go on. A potter makes ten pots, and he has ten different kinds of pots, and he takes them to the ocean, and he fills them with the same water. In the same way, the same self exists within everyone. To receive Shakti, first of all, you have to have supreme faith. Your heart should be completely open. If the heart is closed, even if it is a little hard, it makes it difficult for the Shakti to grab you. However, the Shakti is so powerful that it even has the power to pierce through a closed heart. It's a very interesting and important paragraph. <clears throat> if you're completely open, uh, then you're in the condition of Ramana Maharshi, that the Shakti enlightens you immediately. It just opens you up and you never come down from that. Um, but most of us have some hardness of heart or some 
intrinsic ignorance. And all it means is that the war that I talked about before, the war between karma, your karmic tendencies, and this divine shakti will go on for a while. But as Baba says, even a hard heart, even a closed heart, a mundane heart, a material mind, uh, the kind of mind that only believes in material reality and the consensus culture and so on, that kind of mind will eventually be overcome by the Shakti. The Shakti is that powerful. Go on. Tulsi Das was a great poet saint who said, if you live with a guru, a saint, or a great being, even for 20 minutes, if not 20 minutes, then a half of that, even for a fraction of a moment, then all the sins of countless lives are destroyed. If you are with the guru even for a moment, that will last your entire life. Still, you should really live with the guru, not just exist in front of him. You should join your mind to the guru's teaching. Another great statement. So even a moment with the guru will transform your life. Um, I believe that, of course. Uh, but if you do this, if you really join your beingness to the teaching, don't set up an opposition and a, a resistance, but join yourself to what the guru wants. The guru wants you to become everything you should be. The guru wants you to be connected to the highest truth. The guru wants you to transcend your ignorance and your suffering and bask in the divine glory. And if you join with it, it's very simple. Just step across the line and join the guru rather than have to be, uh, have, be in a war with the guru, be in a fight or be in resistance. And if you do that, you join yourself to the teaching. If you ask what would please the guru, not the external guru, but the inner guru, Baba, you say, you can fool the external guru, but you can never fool the inner guru. The Shakti always knows. When you're, you can convince the outer guru that this is this and that is that, but the inner guru always knows when you're not being true and not being real. Your own experience tells you that. It's, a, it's an iron law of reality. And so if you connect with that teaching, join yourself to that teaching, you move forward very quickly. Go on. To live with the guru is the greatest austerity. This yoga arises within a person the moment he follows the command of the guru. So you, you, uh, you may not be lucky enough to get a specific command like, go here, go there, do this. That's a great thing. But even without that, the command of the guru, know the self. Meditate on the self. Say the mantra. Follow the teaching. No consciousness. No God. That's the command of the guru. So to follow that command is the highest austerity and the highest yoga. There is no greater principle than the path that has been shown by the guru. We have all come from the same place. We have all emanated from the same principle. And we all live in the same principle. And we will go back to the same place. Therefore, be ecstatic. 
you see, on the other hand, on the other hand, don't worry about sadhana. Who cares if it takes 17 lifetimes? Who cares? We come from that same place, the self, consciousness, God. We live in that place, we're going to return to that place. So, be ecstatic. Forget about yoga. Just be ecstatic. Of course, you'll never be ecstatic without yoga. <laughs> Catch 22. <laughs> be ecstatic. This is the vision of the siddhas. Go on. When you attain your true self, when you become established in the true self, only then will you understand who the guru really is. Once again, I welcome you all with great love. Beautiful. <clears throat> Let's do this last. Uh, I've got one more section from, uh, this is earlier, 1977, in Ganeshpuri. We used to... Uh, we used to do teacher training courses. And uh, we did all kinds of courses during this period of the time, uh, the, the second phase, after the, the Second World Tour. Uh, there were so many people there that uh, we, the, the swamis, we weren't even swamis then, the pre-swamis, and then we became swamis. Uh, we'd created this course along Baba's guidelines uh, to open centers for center leaders and just a, a course for people's own spiritual evolution. So Baba used to come and, uh, uh, and give the uh, opening and closing talks at these courses. So this is an opening talk at a teacher training course, teaching teachers to teach city yoga and teach meditation and run centers. So this is Baba's talk in um, February of 1977. There's a very important verse in the Gita. It says, whatever course you take, whatever sadhana you do, whether you repeat a mantra or meditate, your devotion should be unpromiscuous. To be unpromiscuous means that your sadhana, your meditation, your repetition of mantra is one-pointed. As long as you don't attain this state in your meditation, in your mantra, and in the place where you run your center, as long as you don't become one-pointed, you are being promiscuous. Usually, though, it takes a long time to attain this state, and one begins to wonder, and then one goes to a psychologist. But the psychologist's mind is also bad, and so one looks for a psychic. And when the psychic doesn't work, one looks for an astrologer. <laughs> Through one's sadhana, one should become one's own psychic. Through one's sadhana, one should become one's psychologist. Meditate highly. Then see if you don't receive answers to your questions from within. This course is complete. You don't need two or three other little courses as an aid to it. Bob is, Bob is saying, Bob is saying that um, uh, you know it's not this. This course is not a course among courses, because we have the model that you take this course, then you take that course, and you take a course in this tradition, you take a course in that tradition, and so on. And Bob is giving a different model. This course is nothing. It's not a an intellectual course 
it is the seed of the Shakti. And so that course, the Shakti course, contains everything. And so you don't, he, he's saying you don't have to run around studying various things. You stay with this path and everything is revealed. It's infinite, and so there's infinite fruits that come from focusing on that. So it's complete and gone. Sometimes if a family doesn't earn enough with one business, they start another small business to help their income. But city yoga is perfect. When you learn city yoga, you learn everything else in the world. And so then, uh, I'm go let's end with, uh, at the end of the course, Baba gave the highest teaching, and we'll use this uh, to go into meditation now. So you want to read that? The awareness that I am the self, I am perfect, I am the flame of God, is perfect awareness. It is the best sadhana, the sadhana that takes you to God. Truly, everything is perfect. It appears strange only because of the play of your understanding. So this is the highest kind of Shaktipat, the Shaktipat of wisdom. I am the self. I am perfect. I am the flame of God. <clears throat> Everything is perfect. Everything is as it is. There's nothing that has to be done is except to know that perfection that's within. And to do that, the best way to do that, maybe the only way to do that, is through meditation. In meditation, we turn within and we focus on that principle that's deep within us, the principle of the self. And that principle is the principle that Baba received in his fullness on this date in 1947. How many years ago is that now? That's 70, what is it? 70, 74 years ago. 74 years. So 75 years next year. Very good. <clears throat> so we'll meditate on that self, on that divine spark that's within every person. And for the rest of the week, you can go around thinking, I am a jiva, I am a separate individual, I am an ego, I need this, I want that, I'm afraid of this, I want this, I want that. But during satsang, you're charged with remembering, I am the self, I am Shiva, I am consciousness and immerse yourself in that knowledge. So we'll meditate now for 10 minutes. And it's just a joy to be back in satsang. And uh, because I haven't been in satsang for a long time, I've forgotten that I am the self. But now being in satsang again, I can remember it. And I can remember it all and see it all in all of you too. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes. Once again, with great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. Dr. Renat. Maharaj Gijay will meditate for 10 minutes.